Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Post Post Podcast. With me, as always, is my co-host, Chris Ronan. Before we start this off, I do want to say thank you to Corona Premier for sponsoring the podcast. And uh, we're coming down to the final episodes of uh, the podcast that's going on. But um, before... Uh, I, I, I guess we talk about that. I do want to say this entire night, because we're recording Thursday, you have been pumped. You've been amped about the Vegas Golden Knights, and here we are, Florida Panthers winning it in OT. How are we feeling tonight? Uh, not too thrilled that my co-host wants me to lose money. I have a, a pretty big <laughs> bet riding on the Florida pa- uh, yeah, the Florida Panthers, on Vegas the Vegas Golden, Golden Knights. Knights to win yep. the entire thing. And, mm-hmm. and my buddy here is just screaming in my ear about a goddamn overtime winning game Fuck that they yeah. squeaked out. Yeah, baby. Barely squeaked it out. Broski holding it down, baby. Knights and five, baby. Knights and five. <laughs> what's uh, what's the number you got on the Vegas Golden Knights if you win? Uh, I don't like to disclose that information for tax purposes, but okay, all right. I got some money coming in the door. That's all that matters. Is, and this guy is, doesn't give a fuck. There is some money. I got, I got. I think this is the first time we're actually kind of uh, headbutting here, because um, I've been all in on the Florida Panthers here, and you're all in on the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, so it's kind of. Uh, some head button going on. I'm kind of nervous. I'm going away for a bachelor party this weekend, and I really want to bring the jersey that's hung up behind me, but I don't know if it's bad mojo for me to take it down and bring it. <laughs> I could, like, jinx it, because this hasn't come down. It hasn't come down since in weeks. The, since the Stanley Cup playoff started. Yeah. And, like, we, we kind of left it up there. We didn't really talk about the Golden Knights the first couple weeks of playoffs, right? Oh, like, no. <clears throat> so I, I kind of want to I, – I feel like if I take it down, I'm going to fuck with something. Yeah. There's going to be some bad... But I think I might risk it. There's going to be some bad it. juju in the air as soon as you take that down. I know. But, like, <clears throat> my other option is to wear my Florida Panthers tank top. I think I might do that and, and mush them. I think I'm going to do that. I'm going to wear the Panthers tank top this weekend. And me wearing it and supporting them, everyone at the bachelor party is going to give me shit because the Panthers knocked out the Bruins, right? I'm going to have a terrible weekend, but <laughs> I'm going to get paid. That's how that's how it's all going to work that's out. How you, that's yeah. how you're going to counteract you, this you loss. Gotta, you got to think big, you know? Mm-hmm. Three all steps right. ahead. Okay. Playing well. checkers, not chess. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's not a race. It's a, uh, well, I, I it's guess a, it is. It's a buffet. It's a, it's a buffet. <laughs> buffet of just winning games. Um, so we haven't seen anyone. We haven't done the podcast last week. Uh, this is uh, two weeks without uh, an episode. Um, last week. Um, whole entire week without any games being played. Um, again, Florida Panthers and Vegas kind of coming in on both almost, I would say almost sweeps. So it gave us a whole week without any hockey whatsoever and very little news to talk about. So we decided to take that week off because we we're just. Didn't Vegas go six? Would have been like. I think Vegas went six. That, that they went six? I think they went six, yeah. yeah. I think they played like Monday, maybe Saturday or Friday. And I think we watched the game the Friday that we last recorded. And yeah. then recorded, and then I think they played maybe Sunday, Monday. Um, and then that was it. Yeah, so we, we, there wasn't really much to cover other than Vegas moving on, mm-hmm. you know. But here we are, and the Stanley Cup Finals, and uh, we'll go. We'll talk. We got. We're gonna do our normal routine here. Let's let's dive into news first, and then at the end of it, we'll talk about the Stanley Cup Finals here because I feel like even if I didn't take any notes here, I feel like I'm I'm able to fucking talk this talk about this you ready ready to go into this all right so we're gonna start with some signs that happened this week so there's been signs and head coach moves that's happened this week actually a lot of them so uh we're gonna get right into the big one here so the canadians have signed cole caulfield to an eight-year contract extension worth 62.8 mil which is 7.85 mil aav 
Caulfield had 28, uh, sorry, 26 goals and 10 assists in 46 games played last year. Caulfield was the Canadiens' first-round pick in 2019, which was 15th overall. Uh, big pickup, big extension, I should say, here for the Canadiens. Uh, really saying that Cole Caulfield's a guy. Um, this is, for the Canadiens, I feel like it's just such a weird team. Again, when we're talking about this, uh, for the past two years, they were just injury-ridden. That was it. Like, they're not a bad team. It's just all the good players have just been on the IR. So, like, what do you do in this offseason? Do you just try to figure out players' IR, like what's going on, and then move from them? Or do you just kind of wait for them to all come back? Regardless, I like the sign by Cole Caulfield. I do like the sign. I wouldn't say the Canadians are a good team. They do have a lot of injuries. Um, trying to get my fucking laptop to load here. Um, but I, I don't know. I think they're definitely too young. I think that Cole Caulfield is going to be the future there. I think if you lock him in for eight years at you know just under eight mil, that's going to work out very nicely down the line when the um, the salary cap goes up. He's going to be locked in at a very fair price. Yeah. He's putting in what? What did we say? Uh, Twenty goals this year. Yeah. Twenty six goals and ten goals. assists. Yep. I mean, I, I think he's going to continue to produce. He's going to grow up with this same. You know, youth core that's captained by a young Nick Suzuki. Mm-hmm. You have Uri Slavkovsky on the lineup as well. Yeah. Kirby Doc. Like, it's going to be very good in time. Right now, it is not very good. They are going to be bad for a few years. Um, I mean, their D, they don't have a single name on D. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, a big name. Mm-hmm. Um, their top line with Drew in. Hopefully, he can stay healthy this year. That would be a big one for him. Rem Pick- Pitlick is a guy that's good. stepped up, but he's coming along. Yep. Gallagher, how much longer is he going to have gas in the tank? You know right. what I mean? Yeah. From there, it kind of fades a little bit. But you're right. When I'm looking at the IR from the last game of the regular season, Slavkovsky, Caulfield, Jack I, Doc. Um, I, I don't know. This this team, I think, is going to be outside of the playoffs for at least two or three years, barring any major moves, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I do think they have the right team here. They have the right coach. They have the right staff. Everything is going to get better as the years go on. Right. It's just something that's a work in progress. It's going to take time. Even their goaltending core is young, Sam Montembeau and Caden Primo. So right. Um, right. It's just not something that's going to work right away. They're going to be like the Anaheim Ducks. Same category as them, I think. Oh, I like that comparison. Yeah, just a young team. Just needs to be full healthy and yeah. just ready so to go. Yeah, so I would say like there's teams like Montreal, Anaheim, Detroit, have the young guys ready to go. We'll see where it takes them, but the, don't look at the playoffs. You know what I mean? Mm. There's teams like the Blackhawks, the Coyotes, who are just bottom of the barrel, like let's get bad to get good You right. know, down right. the line. Mm. I think they're a step ahead of those teams, but yeah. they're in that next category of like we're just not built like that yet. We're, we're looking at the future. We're not looking at the now. Right. It's funny to hear Detroit in that list because as soon as I had, it, I had a think, and I'm like, because Detroit has been like this – veteran elderly team for so long but now that you think about it more outside of the whole kind of new team that's coming in a lot of young guys so yeah i guess it kind of runs another in. young captain there too and dylan larkin yeah you know? yep uh so moving on from that signing we also have the blackhawks they signed andreas athanasiu to a two-year extension worth 8.5 mil 4.25 mil aav uh, he had 20 goals and 20 assists last year with chicago uh, again, Chicago right now in full-blown uh, revamp mode, rebuild mode, trying to figure shit out here. Um, they got the first-round pick this uh, this coming draft for, we're all going to assume now, Conan Bedard. So 
They're trying to make something of themselves, man. I really liked. Uh, I really like Athanasiu here too. Athanasiu was a great, great player for the LA Kings uh, when he played for the LA Kings, and uh, hopefully he could just keep it up here with the Chicago Blackhawks, as he has twenty goals, twenty assists here with them. So. The money, yeah. the money's great for a second line center. I would have liked to see more term than a two year deal for this guy. Um, they aren't really, you know, tying their raft to any boat. Like they're not saying like you're the guy, you're what's right. gonna like you know be a Chicago Blackhawk for years to come. Like let's figure it out. They don't have anyone like that at all, and yeah. I think that's a big red flag. Like, yeah. what are we doing here? I guess I guess it's Seth Jones. Like yeah. that's really the big right name now? that yeah. you're gonna like go on, but. Yeah. I do think you need, you know, two or three of those guys of like, you're who we rely on. You're our guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess we'll see. I think the Jonathan Taves, still no update, right? Like still he might no not even be that. playing next year. Yeah. So that could bump Athanasio up to your first line center and you're paying him 4.25 mil. Shit. Saving a ton of money. Yeah. But you've only signed him for two years, one. Mm-hmm. And two, Athanasio is now your first line center. You know what I mean? Right. It's like kind of weird to think what about. are we doing here? It's right. it's an AHL roster at that point. Mm-hmm. No no none nothing against Athanasio. No. I do love the player, but And it's kind of what you see during a rebuild. Like it, it really kind of is. Just like you're going to see this kind of shit for a rebuilding team, so It's just hard to see because usually there's like either a young bright star at the center of it in a rebuild or like a, a decent veteran that's going to be around for three to five more years to see you through the rebuild. Like, this is just bare bones. We have nothing. You know what I mean? That, right. That's how I look at this team, right. at least. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, let's move on from that, though. So, former LA Kings. We'll go to LA Kings here. They signed defenseman Vladislav Gavrikov to a t- another two-year, 11.75 mil, 5.87 mil AAV contract. Uh, Gavrikov had six goals and 13 assists between Columbus and L.A. last season. Uh, Gavrikov was all kind of fit in for the L.A. Kings. Um, I, I like the L.A. Kings. They, they, they're like those random like middle sneaky team in like the West that you kind of don't think about because they're just, I wouldn't say bad, but they're just like okay at best for like so long the past like five, six, whatever seasons. But uh, they'll sneak into the playoffs. They're like one of the... Uh, lower top teams, I guess, in the West that like they're always kind of like right there, and I think uh, LA Kings are just trying to find that those pieces to the puzzle that uh, they need to really push through. And I think Gavrikov is going to really help them out. I think it really got. I think it really helps Gavrikov out coming out from Columbus, which is one of the worst teams in the league last last season, or I should say this season, uh, to LA Kings, who's uh, I would say a lot better too. So it'll just be definitely be like a uh, motivation for him. So. Good, good signing here for uh, the LA Kings. See what he can do. Yeah, you're definitely right. I do think that they're looking for like the last few pieces to round out their lineup to like be a real team. Uh, Jonas Corposalo came over at the deadline as well, and now Gavrikov getting uh, inked to a couple more years. Yep. Second line deep here, 5.87 mil. I like that a lot. Mm. Uh, not a lot of big names on the defenseman side of the free agent market at the trade deadline. He was one of the guys that was like highly touted and like people were kind of shopping a little bit. Mm-hmm. So to see him land here for 5.87, I love that. I think that's really good for the team. Right. Um, they're trending in the right direction. I would put these guys in with like, um, geez, where was I? Like Detroit, um, right outside of the playoffs, like a fringe oh, yeah, kind yeah, of team, yeah, you know? I, I, seriously, um, yeah. I think they'll either sneak in as the eight seed or they'll be on the outside looking in, which kind of sucks. Like, like just outside, I would and, say. And yeah. as a GM at the trade deadline, when you're sitting there, it's. 
very tempting to make a move and, you know, make a big splash and say we're going to make a push for the playoffs. Yeah. And I don't think that's what this team needs. That I think this team this team needs to kind of just, you know, assess and wherever you are at the trade deadline, kind of just let's hold this season and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. If we get in, that's great. If we don't, that's fine too. Right. We're just running this season as it goes because we don't want to, you know, mortgage the future to, you know, get in yeah, now, right. I, I think. I think they need to look down the line as well. Nailed it. Nailed it. I like it. Um, So we have a trade that happened this week, and if you've seen it, I'm sure there's confusion here. Um, so the way I put it down just kind of makes more sense, I guess. We had a three-way trade this week that went, uh, went between the Flyers, the Blue Jackets, and the Kings. Ironically, we just talked about the all three. Uh, so the three-way trade this week. So I, I'm not going to say who traded who or what traded what. I'm just going to say who who got who got what, I should say. So in the three-way trade, the Flyers acquired uh, the 2023 first-round pick, which is number 22, number 22 overall. Defenseman Sean Walker, goalie Cal Peterson, Peterson, sorry. Uh, defenseman Helgs Grands, who's part of the Ontario Reign. Uh, 2024 second round pick and 2024 or 2025 second round pick. And then the LA Kings acquired defenseman Kevin Connaughton and forward Hayden Hodgson. And lastly, the Blue Jackets acquired defenseman Ivan Provorov and LA retained 30% of his cap. Uh, before we go into this, uh, the Flyers are also working on a trade involving Carter Hart. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, nothing, as of recording, nothing on it, but it could happen this week. So uh, big moves here for the Flyers. But um, I was confused as shit. I think I sent you, I, either you sent me this or I sent you this throughout the week, and I was like, what the hell's going on here? And you had a, you were able to break it down for me. So this is a lot of acquiries for the Flyers here. Um, what's, your, what's your take on... Especially the defenseman pickup fan for Sean Walker. I like Sean Walker, and I I like goalie. Uh, I like the goalie Cal Peterson here. But if you're gonna shop, um, if you're gonna shop, sorry, um, what the hell am I trying to say? Car- Carter Hart Carter. here. If you're gonna ship Carter Hart and grab Cal Peterson, do you think that's a one for one at that point for the Flyers? Or do you think so you're saying, do I think Cal Pisa is going to come in and fill Carter Hart's shoes? Yeah. Yes, because I don't think they're very big shoes to fill at the moment. You know, mm-hmm. how bad Philly was last season. I think Cal Peterson's coming in with a, a, you know, a fresh outlook on life. Like, okay, I performed well here. Now I'm coming to this team. The team did not perform well as a team. So now I'm coming in. I'm going to do, be doing the brunt of the work. This could end up like a John Gibson type situation yeah. where you're a really good goalie on a, like on a pretty bad team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a, it's, you know, a can't-lose situation for Cal Peterson coming in here. Yeah. I do think the winner of this trade is going to be the Columbus Blue Jackets at the end of the at the end of the end day, though, because mm-hmm. getting Ivan Provorov, one of the, you know, highest, you know, regarded de- young defensemen in the league, yep. at a 30% discount of what he was getting paid at before. Yeah. Um, yeah, they traded away a lot of prospects, picks, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think to put a, a big-name defenseman in the lineup with... Uh, Johnny Gaudreau, Patrick Laine, under their new head coach, who we're going to get to later on. I'll, I'll leave that as a little teaser. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I think the Blue Jackets are going to be looking the best out of this. I think the Flyers are now starting to look at, here's what we need to do to make things work this season. Yeah. A 22 overall uh, pick in 2023 is going to be great for the team. Yeah. A new face in net. You, know, you don't have a guy who now has, I don't want to say the mental... 
you know, pressure that Carter Hart did, but I do think the Flyers fan base put a lot of pressure on him yeah. personally. Yep. And I don't think Cal Peterson's going to face that because he's not this young guy that we drafted. He's our guy. He needs to be our stud. Right. Our, right. our new carry price. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're right. Dead and on. then I think LA is just kind of there. Here's here's a couple prospects, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. LA is kind of just like <clears throat> here's a few things. I'll help out a little. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe this is maybe this will help out with like some key pieces here that you look that you're looking for that we were just talking about. But yeah, a lot of acquiries here. It says a lot about the Flyers here too because you're just talking about the 2023 first round pick, and they're also looking at next year two picks there too, both second round picks. So uh, Flyers looking. For now and in the future here. So, what do you think about LA moving on from Cal Peterson? They're looking at jo- uh, Jonas Corposalo and Phoenix Copley in net now. Oh yeah, that's right. I was actually trying to think of that too. Cal Peterson is a weird situation. It was uh, Cal Peterson and Jonathan Quick for a while, and I thought those two kind of mixed pretty well, I would say. And it's kind of weird to see that the LA Kings were just like, I feel like all of a sudden within like a few months, are just like we're just gonna ship both of our goalies and kind of reset here and now they have both Jonas Corposalo and Phoenix Copley here but so what I what I think LA saw in in like the tea leaves when they're looking at the season like probably around the trade deadline last year when they picked up Corposalo was we have Jonathan Quick we have Cal Peterson and Phoenix Copley Mm -hmm. now obviously Quick's getting older I think they were looking to like ship him for whatever they can get for him because he's gonna end up becoming you know he's walking for nothing yeah so let's try and trade him and get something in the door Behind that, you now have a Phoenix Copley and a Cal Peterson who are going to duke it out for the top spot. We don't really have a clear starter. Like, who's our guy out of these two? I think they saw what happened in Pittsburgh and said, we have a Tristan Jari and, oh, God, who's the other goalie in Pittsburgh? Uh, Casey DeSmith. Casey DeSmith situation where uh, Phoenix Copley and Cal Peterson are going to be duking it out for that top spot. Mm-hmm. And look where I put Pittsburgh. Now they don't really have a clear starter. Who's our goalie? They flip-flopped. Right. This guy's confidence is shot, and right. that guy's confidence is shot. Mm-hmm. So we f- we sell quick for what we can. We pick a guy and say Copley's our guy, but he's not ready yet. Right. And now we bring in a clear starter. We have a clear backup. We give the backup time to develop, and we move on from the other asset in Cal Peterson. Yeah. That's what I think they did, and that's I think it's going to work out for them because, as the playoffs show, tandems don't really get it done. No, you know what I mean. No. Like it, it's Bobrovsky and it's Aiden Hill. Yeah. As weird as it sounds, for those two guys to be the guys, like yeah. the number of goalies that have played this postseason is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I want to say it was at twenty eight before getting into the conference finals. Wild. It's probably over thirty now. Yeah, just because of how many guys have come in and gone out, like mm, different names. Yeah, but I still rely on the fact that the guys that end up winning the cup are hot the entire way through the postseason. It's not a tandem that wins the cup. No. And I think teams understand that. And they're also looking at teams that get... I'm going on a tangent now. That's fine. But the teams that get to the finals aren't built to be small, skilled, fast, new NHL teams. It still needs that grit, that grind, that heavy wear and tear of a playoff you know, type team. So I think that you're going to see guys start to I don't want to say like the talent's going to fade a little, but like these young prospects that are coming into the league are going to look at that and say, "Hey, I need to get in the fucking gym. Yeah. I need to get bigger and bulkier to be able to handle that kind of game yeah. and add that to my tool bag." Right, right. The Stanley Cup, the Stanley Cup playoffs, just in general, uh, you're dead on. Where just like if you if you have a brand new team, best team in the NHL, you know, and they come into the playoffs, playoff hockey is just 
totally fucking different mm-hmm. all around. It, it's for those new kids. They're gonna. It's just like it's a whole new world. It's like a whole new like step in like their pro careers. Where just like, holy shit! Like I'm not ready for this. Whole another level. Yeah. It's a whole another because it's just exactly what you just said. I'm getting hit by the same guys like day in day out. Seven days in a row. Seven days in a fucking yeah. row. I gotta I gotta somehow get my body used to it because we play every other day. And if we win the if we win this series, hey, guess what? We're gonna go on to the no, another the next series. And that next series, we're gonna be facing a team that's better than the guys we beat to get to that next level. It's just like, and you got all these guys, you got all these veterans too. Like we talked about, we just saw Jonathan Quick talk to Aiden Hill today, yep, yep. just to kind of be like, what's going on, to kind of help him through it. It's those guys that know mentally what it takes and physically what it takes. You see, at the end of the Stanley Cup Finals, of like. How many guys are just playing with like the most ridiculous like uh, injuries? Like mm-hmm. guys with like broken just bones and just bruises all over the place. Just like, yeah, I just you, you know you 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 figure it out and then you realize like this is what it takes to get here and you get your body used to it and you, you kind of push through. But for like the young guys that don't know, they go into the playoffs, get hurt, don't know what the fuck to do, and they're just it's kind of all over. And then like, it's kind of it's a learning. It's a learning. Uh, stage for them because then next year when they get into the playoffs they're just like this is this is where my body needs to be this is what it's going to take and i think the other thing that is spotlighted by this year's playoffs is the depth that it takes to get into the final round of the stanley cup like Mm -hmm. i think vegas is rolling all four lines very well they're matching up their fourth line guys keegan colasar up with you know the matthew kachuk line Mm -hmm. and that's crazy to think about to me but like Think about the depth scoring that um, the Panthers have gotten just to get to the Stanley Cup Finals as well. Right. You need those third and fourth lines to be just as good as your top lines when it comes time to you know play in the playoffs. Yeah, It's yep. crazy. It's nuts. It's crazy shit. Like, I can't imagine being a player just in general to have to go through that and figure it out. Like the pain. Yeah, I, I, I think the hardest part right now across all these teams in the league are – new or beginning, you know, starting to build their teams up, GMs, trying to figure out, like, how do I make that happen? How do I not front-load a team? Like, I look at Edmonton, I single out Toronto definitely with overloading contracts on five to five to seven guys, yeah. and now your bottom lines, like, they can't roll four lines because the top lines are just, here's all your money, you know what I mean? Yeah. If yeah. you can spread out a, a team of, like, $3 million guys and have a couple like stars that shine among the, those groups. Mm-hmm. That's how you get it done. I think it's, it's, it's weird to think about, but yeah, there's just, there's so much involved with it. Yeah. You know? It's wild. It's just, oof. it's a lot. It is it's a lot. I think you nailed it though, too. When you were just, when you were kind of breaking it down, like it, it is just like, and I feel like every team is just different. Like how you said, like, uh, like gut and grind, like it'll work. You need it one, but Every team's different. Like some teams need more of the gut and grind. Some teams need they need the gut and grind, but less than like the other team. You yeah, know? yeah. Just just for everything to work out for a know? balance. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, so we have um, we have some goalie head goalie NHL head coach and GM news here. But uh, there's two things I want to talk about before we even get into that. Kind of take a break from these trades and everything. Uh, the first one I thought was weird. Uh, so weird NHL captain history for literally no reason since 1924 to tw- uh, sorry since 1924 to 2022, there have only been six different nationalities of Stanley Cup winning cap- captains. 83 of them were Canadian, and the second in second is the U.S. with only three. 
Russia and Sweden with two, and Slovakia and the United Kingdom with one. Uh, for this uh, Stanley Cup Finals, Alexander Barkov could be the first Finnish captain to win the Cup in NHL history, which I thought was actually pretty interesting. Don't forget my boy Mark Stone. He could be the 84th Canadian <laughs> captain to win the Stanley Cup, right? Yeah, Barkov, I can see Barkov winning that, you know? Just, you know. It's never been done before. That's what I'll say. It's never been done before. Exactly. Um, <laughs> if, if, you heard me, if you heard me talk about the one uh, United Kingdom UK uh, captain, I went down a rabbit hole trying to find who the hell it was. I found a huge list of names, and uh, I was, like, Googling every single one of them. I'm like, who's the United Kingdom captain that, it, like, it's on it's on the uh, stat thing, but I'm like, I don't know who it is. And then when you go down, like, the further level, like, 1924 to, like, 1940, like, hockey is just so fucking weird. There was so many Wait, times. so you couldn't figure out who the U.K. captain was? No, I couldn't. Oh, wow. There was, like, uh... Like, the, the early, like, 1920s, 1940s, like I was talking about, it's just, it's really weird. There was a lot of times where, like, there was no captains, like, at all. Or there were just, like, like, at one point I saw three captains, so, like, two captains or some shit. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, NHL was kind of just, like, a lawless society at that point. So I was like, eh, couldn't find it. And if you Google Damn. United Kingdom, if you look up, like, Britain or British or UK uh, NHL captain, you can't can't fucking find it. There's like a name that comes up, and then you Google it. You Google his name, and he like he doesn't play for the NHL. Never played for the NHL, but he was like a captain for like the Great Britain uh, World Championship or whatever for the double IHF. I'm like, who the fuck is this UK captain you're talking about? Yeah, so, I, I do want to know who it was. Yeah, see, now you're down, now you're down my rabbit hole. Oh, I think I was I on. I, I think can't I was, be googling it here. I was but. on it for a solid like half hour, thirty five minutes, just like racking my brain. I'm like, who the fuck? Fuck. All right, well, while you do that... It's probably going to be something from, like, the fucking 40s, 50s. I don't know, but a UK? That's kind of nuts. Yeah, it's kind of nuts. So, uh, next up is the Rangers here. We're we're just talking about the Chicago Blackhawks and uh, Jonathan Taze here. But let's get into Patrick Kane. Uh, Patrick Kane had hip resurfacing surgery and has a four- to six-month recovery. There have been reports that the surgery ruins careers. Capitals and uh, sorry, Washington Capitals. Nick Backstrom came from hip sur- resurfacing surgery this year. He had seven goals and fourteen assists with a negative twenty-five plus-minus in only thirty-nine games played. The Athletics Craig Kustens did a story in twenty fourteen on Florida Panthers defenseman Ed Yo- sorry Jovanovski uh, getting the procedure done. Uh, jo- Jovanovski, I-, I was working on this too. Describe the surgery in the article. They dislocate your joint, pull it out of your leg, then shave the femoral head down to a certain size and cap it with titanium. Then, sorry, then do the same for your socket, shaving it out of the socket, hammering it into the new socket where everything kind of joins together. Jovanovsky went through a long rehabilitation process, a full year by the way, and went on to play only 37 more games in the NHL during the 2013-2014 season. The sad part is this is considered the most successful return for an NHLer after getting resurfacing done. So I I oh. think I think I'm going to jump in if that's all right. Yep. I think Patrick Kane isn't looking looking at this and saying I need to do what's going to get me back on the ice and have the most success. I think he's looking at this in a Jack Eichel kind of way. I need to do what's best for me. Mm. Like Jack Eichel was looking at what was it a shoulder? 
that he had surgery on, I believe. Something like that. And he was saying, I'm going to do this. Or it was his back. I forgot his neck. Fuck. Whatever. Uh, He's like, I need to do what's best for me, even though it's, you know, this specific surgery that I want done that has no, you know, science behind it. I want to try it and get Mm -hmm. it done. Um, I think Kane is also saying, obviously, I do want to get back and play hockey, but like... This is the best option for me, so that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. It is crazy to think about, though, that he is now a free agent on the market, out four to six months, and arguably may not return. Yeah. Um, he's got to be up there in age. I want to say, what, 39 maybe? I could be wrong. I'll, I'll look that up in a minute. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's it's. I think it's going to be a wait-and-see thing. I don't think anyone is going to sign him until they see that he has returned from this, you know, rehab situation. Jesus Christ, he's 34 years old. What an <laughs> asshole I am. That's what happens when you think when you try to talk. As <laughs> you said 39, um, I was like, eh, he'll look it up. But I don't I don't know what's going to happen here. Um, I, I don't expect to see him play next season. I, I can't see it either. It's four to six month recovery, and then I, I think a little more than that. And then as a UFA, like, you're just in la At least he did it now. Yeah. Like, I mean, he got it done this, the second that, you know, his he team's could. out. Yep. Oh, that's crazy. That's nuts. But to, uh, just to think that 37 more games in the NHL after such uh, such a surgery is the most successful return for an NHLer is kind of wild to think. So, I don't know. So, fingers yeah, crossed. Yeah, but not, not a lot of people have done it. I think that's like a, a, a different strokes, strokes for different folks kind of thing. Yeah. Like, Jovanovski was probably old when he had it done as well, and mm-hmm. – you know, maybe that's, I mean, maybe he tried and just same thing. Like I need to do what's best for me. And then if it works, it works. If it doesn't, whatever. And I mean, that was also 10 years ago. So medicine has hopefully come a long way. Maybe, maybe they've learned a better way to do this. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But just, just some facts for uh, Patrick Kane there. So I guess. Imagine someone like, so four to six months from now would be, you know, October to December. Yeah. Someone can sign him, and I don't know, imagine him like right before the trade deadline, sign him with someone, and kind of like he did with the Rangers uh, this season, just like a, just a splash in the market, and yeah. like another team yep. is like, wow, we have a guy to get us over the hump. That, that would be that'd be a story and a half. It would be, yeah. Mm. Well, this would be. We'll have to call back this. Uh, I wonder if he'd go back episode. to uh, New York. That's a good question. Go back to the Rangers again. Go back to the ranges. I wonder if they'd they even free up enough cap space for him to come back. Philadelphia Flyers. I don't centers. think he's going there. I don't think they're going to be in the playoffs next season <laughs> at, at the trade deadline. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Islanders, too. Imagine just Islanders? right over to the Islanders. Oh, New Jersey Devils. LA Kings. No, I, I think he's going to be – he wants another cup, so he's going to be going for a team that's like – That's going to win. Has space for a fucking top 20 guy in the league, but – Wants to win a cup, you know right. what I mean? Like yeah. that's that's kind of like they're not really gonna have that, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. All right. Well, there's there's uh, some food for thought for everyone for the week. Uh, so let's snack on that for lunch. Snack on that for lunch. All right. So let's get back into uh, some signings here. So this is the NHL head coach and GM news that we had this week, and boy, how did we have a lot? Uh, the Nashville boy Pre- howdy, boy howdy. Uh, the Nashville Predators, well, perfect timing for that, uh, fired head coach John Hines and hired Andrew Brunette. Uh, things are already changing with this move by new GM Barry Schwartz. Barry Schwartz? <laughs> Barry Schwartz, oh, dude. Schwartz, nice. Dude. 
<laughs> Unreal. I'm not even gonna. I'm not gonna change that. Who will replace David Poyle <laughs> on July 1st? Hines leaves the organization with an overall 134 wins, 96 losses, and 18 overtime losses. Uh, Hines spent four seasons with the Predators after replacing Peter Laviolette on January 7th, 2020. The Preds reached the playoffs with Hines' first two full seasons, losing in the first uh, sorry, losing in the first round both times. The Predators failed to qualify for this postseason this year since 2014 after a 42-32 and eight record. This will be the first head coaching job for Brunette uh, since he was named interim head coach for the Florida Panthers on October 28, 2021. Uh, Brunette was an assistant uh, for Joel Quenville there and was promoted to replace him after he resigned from the Chicago Blackhawks from the Kyle Beach lawsuit. Uh, the Florida general manager, Florida, sorry, Florida's general manager, Bill Zito, ultimately did not remove the interim position from Brunette. Instead, hired Paul Maurice as the Panthers' next full-time coach, which is how we got here. Uh, Brunette moved to an assistant role with the New Jersey Devils for the 2022-2023 season. Uh, Brunette is back in a familiar territory with Nashville, a veteran who played in 1,110 career NHL games. <clears throat> He spent the 98-99 season with the Predators and scored their first goal in the expansion team's history. So a little bit of history with uh, Brunette here and the and uh, the Nashville Predators here. So good, uh, hopefully a good pickup for the Nashville Predators. It's good to have a guy that's played definitely like over a thousand games played in the NHL. Has been an interim head coach. Has been a head coach. Has like kind of like made his rounds. You know. So good little be like let's let's see how you do here. My only thing with this team is like I don't understand moving on from John Hines. Like I don't think this is a team that's like we need to shake something up. This guy sucks. Like he's Daryl Sutter. He's not fucking reaching our guys. He's he's just being old school and asshole. We also he, talk about the scapegoatness of yeah. Like I I think that's exactly what this is. Like yeah. I don't even think. He like you said, he's got a winning record with the team. I don't think he has a bad resume. Nope. Uh, he had the team had a bad year last year. Yes, right. I don't attribute that to the coach. I no. think that the roster wasn't great. Which well, let me say, maybe it's they have a new GM. Barry Trotz came in. I want to say last year or the year before. Um, so he's still working with what was left to him, basically. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't see a reason to move on from Hines. Give him some time. Give the team some time. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I didn't really understand moving on from him. No. I do think, however, that for Andrew Burnett, like, this guy has been hosed left and yeah, right, dude. Like, right. Yep. he got the interim quote for the Panthers, and then they picked just a completely different guy. Like, basically blindsided him when yeah. they picked Paul Maurice. Maurice. Listen, I, I don't blame them for it because Paul now, Maurice is a great coach, yeah. especially in Winnipeg when he was there before that. Yep. At mm-hmm. the time, it was a great idea as well. Yeah. Before that... He also was getting ready to take over the Chicago job when Joel Quenville resigned, yeah. and then that ended up not happening. That fucking hose. Um, so he really hasn't been given the opportunity of a head coaching job. Mm-hmm. I just didn't expect the Nashville Predators to be, you know, the first team to pick him up. Like, there's been a lot of teams that have looked for head coaches and like hired head coaches, and like Brunette's name has kind of just been sent to the wayside for some reason. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very glad to see this for him, but I also don't understand it for John Hines. So I don't. I don't either. We'll see. But we'll see where John Hines ends up. I, I again, nothing wrong with him whatsoever. But I mean, we've talked about this till we're blue in the face here, where the fucking head coaches are always the ones to blame instead of you know, just a bad season, which it really was for the Nashville Predators. 
kind of just kind of wild to think. And, and honestly, like not all that bad. They barely missed the playoffs. Yeah. I feel like they were yeah. they were right outside. So. The first time they didn't make the playoffs since 2014. Like you had a good run. It's almost 10 years. Like you're gonna miss the playoffs eventually. You had a bad season. And that's a team that's seen a lot of turnover in probably the last three to five years. You yeah. know, a lot of a lot of players fading out and new players, new players coming, coming in. in. Yep. So I don't know, um, but. I guess we'll see. We'll see. Maybe, maybe this this is a good push for the Nashville Predators here. Who fucking knows at this point? Uh, nice. But <laughs> gotta be gotta be truthful here. So that's where we're on the Washington Capitals. Uh, the Caps are replacing Peter Laviolette with Spencer Carberry as their next head coach. Uh, Carberry becomes the 20th head coach in Capitals franchise history and returns to the organization after spending the last two seasons as an assistant coach with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Prior to joining Toronto, Carberry served as head coach of the Washington, sorry, Washington's AHL affiliate, the Hershey Bears, for three seasons from 2018 to 2021. Under Carberry, Hershey posted a combined record of 104-50-9, including an AHL-best 24-7-2 record in his final season behind the Bears' bench in 2020-2021. Uh, Cabaret received the Louis A.R. Peary Memorial Award as uh, AHL's Outstanding Coach for the 2020-2021 season, becoming the fifth coach in Hershey's franchise history to win the award. So, uh, get this guy a go, I guess. Nothing too much with the NHL, but doing really good for the AHL here, coaching-wise. So, maybe Washington, Washington Capitals are just like, we're going we're gonna to open the door for you and see what you can do here in the pros. Yeah, this is what I chimed in on last episode about like the new the new coaches and the old coaches because there's definitely a, a generational gap between the guys who have been doing it as long as they have in the Laviolettes, Babcock, Sutters, you name them, right? Mm-hmm. There's guys that have been doing it for a very long time. There's guys that have just gotten their opportunity after being assistants. And there's this new wave of guys that I think NHL teams are going to start to use way more often. And it's guys that have proven themselves in a minor league, in the AHL, in the WHL. They take them from their own farm teams and turn them into their new head coach. They're growing with their own prospects and their players so they know the team, they know the guys, they know what they're working with. It's like instead of, you know, uh, let's just use Peter Laviolette because he's the guy that's there. I'm not saying that he's this way, whatever. He's working with bricks. You know what I mean? Like heavy, yeah. hard. Right. I don't really understand what I'm working with. Let's build a castle. Whereas Spencer Carberry's coming in with Play-Doh and he knows what he's working with and can create something more, you know, finite. And he knows what he has to work with. So right. I think teams are going to start to look at this in two different ways. Like it's definitely more of a gamble to take a guy that isn't a proven NHL commodity, but... I think that when they're more hands-on and they know their players that much better, yeah, it, it's more of a people, like a, a person-to-person job than it is a I-know-what-I'm-doing job. Yeah, you know? I'm the boss. Job. Right, that's right. what I think. I think that's what it's becoming. Right. It's like, trending in that direction. You're working as one instead of working for someone, you know? So I, I think the next three or four years is where this is going to start to prove itself if – teams when they bring their own guy in let's see how long they how long of a leash they give them are they going to use him as a scapegoat and just gas him if they need to mm-hmm. or are they going to give it like call it six to eight years which is a long time for a coach but yeah. it's a long time for a coach because he's taking his own prospects and turning them into nhl guys right so i i mean i think that's the way that you have to do it when you pick a guy like this like mm-hmm. it's a much longer term commitment because i mean obviously yeah you can go scapegoat him whenever you want and bring yeah, him whoever you want yeah but I think when you do this, you need to give them a, a longer leash to work. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Nope. Dead on. Um, there, there is an. I'll, I'll just. I want to ying to your yang here, just like the black to your white. Um, uh, when we're talking about like the yes coming, the new head coaches and the way they're just like you know it's going to be person to first person. Uh, I put it in the notes. It's not official yet, and I hope to God it's not going to be official. But from what I've read, it's really looking like Columbus is leading the way of signing Mike Babcock as a new head coach. I, I do think that is going to happen. Yeah, happen. that's what I'm hearing. Uh, nothing is official yet, but I, I have this in there just in case. But that's that's the complete opposite of. It's uh, crazy that they went from torts, right? Torts, yeah, and they. It's, I forget it's like they who they want, brought in. They want those old school guys. For they some do reason. because I I think if you bring in like Torts was let's call it four or five years ago, 2018 when Columbus bounced Tampa before they went on their runs, something like that. So that was like four or five years ago. So now Columbus has reworked their entire team, got rid of what they didn't want, and brought in what they did want. Now they're very young. They're new. And I think that they see it as the first year or two, you put a hard head coach on these guys. They learn discipline. They learn to work hard. They they get a regiment of like, I need to fucking bust my ass to impress this guy. Mm-hmm. And then you gas him and you bring in the young guy who knows how to work with these players. And now they know all of the elements of like hard work, discipline, you know, responsibility, all that shit. Right. But they don't have to be reprimanded in a bad way now because... That's not how new school is. It works, yeah. Um, so I think that they, you know, they, they get like, I would almost call it military-like, right? Military right. training, mm-hmm. and they then get to apply it how it needs to be applied properly, right. you know? So, I mean, I'm not against it. It's been a few years since they've had something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also not for it. You know what I no, mean? Like, no. I, I think I'm okay without it. Yeah. I also think a guy like Johnny Gaudreau was like, fuck me, dude. I just left fucking Daryl Sutter, <laughs> and now we're bringing in fucking Mike Babcock. Like, fuck. And Patrick Laine, who had it in with fucking Winnipeg. He's like, I hate this place. I want to leave. And now it's like, here's Mike Babcock to fucking crack the whip. I'm like, son of a Great. bitch. Now I hate this place, and I want to leave again. <laughs> I did not fucking think of Johnny Right? Bucky like, both those guys had gripes with their old coaches, their old teams, yeah. and they go to Columbus, and it's kind of like new. I-, I don't know why, but they-, they love it in Ohio. Like, what the fuck? Mm. What is that? <laughs> I know Mike Commodore Mike Commodore has already been on Twitter just fucking roasting him. Any chance he's got, Mike Commodore is always on Twitter and just like fucking shit yeah. on uh, Babcock when he can. Uh we'll see where that goes. Yeah, but we'll, I think that is uh in, in in the in the tea leaves, I guess yeah. is the word I'll use again. I like it. Uh so moving ahead for the Anaheim Ducks. They hired uh Greg Cronin as the new head coach. He was a head coach for the Colorado Eagles of the AHL for the past five seasons, making the playoffs three times out of those five. He was the assistant coach with the Islanders from 1999 to 2003, and then again in 2014 to 2018, as well as an assistant coach for the Toronto Maple Leafs from 2011 to 2014. So this is a guy that's kind of had it all. Like in the years past, has been assistant coach for two two different teams in the NHL, and now the past five seasons was in the AHL. Uh, good little mix there for uh, Greg Cronin here with the Anaheim Ducks. So uh, see what see what they do. Yeah, I'm pretty for pretty sure Pat Verbeek's the GM there, um, and he's kind of like he's got a good finger on the pulse of the NHL AHL community. Mm. Um, I I don't know. Obviously, it's, it's another guy that's in the minors. I don't know much about. about yeah. um, but I I do think this is another you know classic case of let's take a guy that's 
hasn't really been given a true shot and give him a chance because like we like what he's doing in the minor leagues and assisting with other teams. Right. Um, I think it's good for the Ducks, Ducks, I guess. I don't really understand a new head coach again here. Yeah. Um, they were obviously the, like one of the worst teams in the NHL. Their plus minus was fucking atrocious. Oh, like bad. they need to learn how to play system hockey and like <laughs> let's how about we set up a box here and play defense. Um, Something, please, for the but love of God. I, I think that this is another test, and they they shouldn't have. Good, I, I don't good. I don't see why they moved on from their coach. Honestly, I don't either. But this would be a good this would be this is a good team for a coach like this to be tested with. You know, just like you don't expect much. Just maybe if you make the playoffs, great. If you don't, whatever. We this have is it. also kind of like the opposite of my last point, though. Like they brought up their own minor league guy, and in Washington, and the Ducks are bringing up a minor league guy from another team who doesn't know your prospects and your players. So mm. like, what? Well, I, I don't see why they moved on from their coach. Like nothing about last season says like it's the coach. Fucking it's the coach. I hate this guy. <laughs> Get him out of here. This guy sucks. <laughs> nothing about last season says that. Like. I think it's just you have a young team. You need to take some time and pick a guy that's your fucking guy and stick with them. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how long these guys last. That's really the main thing. Is like if they try this and they're like, "Fucking AHL guy doesn't know shit, dude." Two seasons in, and he hasn't won yeah, a goddamn fuck, thing. Fuck the coach. This place sucks. Bruce Bruce Cassidy in the Vegas. Where, where's, where's Mike Babcock? Get over here. Get over here. Yeah. Where's Torts? <laughs> Someone get the old 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 school guys in here. Uh. So I want to. Do a quick thing with the Pittsburgh Penguins here before jumping into the Toronto Maple Leafs. Actually, they're kind of one of the same here. But Pittsburgh Penguins has hired previous Maple Leafs GM Cal Dubas as president of hockey operations. Uh, Dubas was given a seven-year deal, but there's no uh, amount at the time. I know it just recently happened within the past two or three days, and the information isn't there. Not much information on Cal Dubas is here, but uh, he did find a spot in Pittsburgh, so... Maybe next week I'll have more on it because this kind of just most recently happened. Interesting that it's president of Hockey Ops and not GM, though. Not GM, yep. yeah. Uh, but let's move on to Kyle Dubas's, uh more recent team, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, they have hired Brad Trivling as their GM and Shane Doan as an assistant to GM. Uh, tr- sorry, Tre Living. Tree Living. Tree Living becomes the 18th GM in Maple Leafs history. Uh, Trey Living joins the Maple Leafs after spending the previous nine seasons as GM of the Calgary Flames. Uh, during his time in Calgary, he had a regular season record of 362 wins, 265 losses, and 73 overtime losses. Uh, pretty even right there. Uh, prior to his time with the Flames, he was vice president of hockey operations and assistant GM with the Phoenix Coyotes for seven seasons, where he also served as the GM of the Coyotes of AHL affiliate, the Port, uh, sorry, the Portland Pirates and San Antonio Rampage. Uh, moving on to Shane Doan, since retiring from the NHL after the 2016-2017 season, he worked as the Coyotes' chief hockey development officer, and he served as both a coach and a GM for Canada at international level. Uh, his Canada team won the Spengler Cup in 2020 and the World's Hockey Championships in 2021 and 2023. Actually, kind of interesting that both of them had some kind of uh, some kind of hand on with the um, uh, the Arizona Coyotes. Kind of kind of interesting. Yeah, mm. I keep forgetting Shane Doan was part of the Coyotes, or just like even had like a switch. Shane Doan, Wayne Gretzky, they they both like feel like like top dudes for some reason. They're just like, yeah, let me fucking coach that team real quick. The fucking it won't be a team anymore, but whatever. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> but Shane Doan 
And at uh, Tree Living uh, now, uh, big big wigs for Toronto. How do we feel about this? The move from Kyle Dubas and now, I don't know, I'd say some good names here. Maybe Toronto's moving in the right direction. Shane Doan looking good. Yeah, I, I see. It was kind of weird when, like, Dubas left and then immediately <clears throat> Spezza turns in his papers. He's like, I'm done too. Fuck done. this. Fuck this, yeah. uh, I kind of thought Spezza was going to stick around for a little bit. But mm-hmm. uh, Brad Tree Living coming over I think is definitely good. Uh, weird for the Flames to move on from him. I think that the Flames are trending in the right direction and also just had a bad season last yeah, year. Yep. Um, they are bringing in their own assistant GM to step up and be the main GM now. I think it's Craig Conroy. I could be wrong, though. Uh, Shane Doan, though, shout out to him. Like that, That's awesome that he's finally getting a shot like this. Yep. Uh, I think that he'll do a great job here. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, as we heard from Kyle Dubas' statements, like it's kind of like everybody has a say when you work in Toronto. So, like... For Tree Living to have Shane Doan already as an assistant shows you like he doesn't make decisions on his own there. It's it's a group think a group kind thing of it. a process. And I think that's going to maybe hinder some Toronto moves here. I do think that they're going to have to sell someone and get a lot of assets back in yeah. in order to make this team playoff proof. But um, right now, the team is not built how it needs to be. Nope. And these guys have a lot of work to do. That's this, where this, I'll leave it. This is going to be a great combo if the fucking Toronto media could just leave them the fuck alone and just let them do what they need to do. That's my personal opinion on this. That's if, never going to happen. It's not going to happen. But if Toronto Maple Leafs, if the Toronto just media would just like, let them just work together and figure things out and go from there, it'll be great. But they're just not. Any little decision they're going to make, any little breath they take, they're going to be right there. And I don't know if it's going to affect them. I think they're going to be ready for that. All right, you ready for a great post-to-post picks? Yeah. Who is the first player off of the Toronto Maple Leafs roster? <laughs> like, what is the first move that Brad Tree Living makes? I'll pull up I'll pull up the roster right now. But I, I do think it's a good question. Like, who? what are they going to do? Who Who's going to go? Who's who's off of the island? It's Survivor. You're getting voted out. We got Yarncroc, Matthews, and Marner on the first line. Kerfoot, Tavares, Nylander. Bunting, O'Reilly, Achari. Giordano, Camp, and Lafferty. And I'm not talking like... I feel I'm like, not talking like free agent walk. I'm talking like I'm trading you. You're gone. Yeah. I feel like it's going to be the... I feel like the third and fourth lines are going to be safe. It's someone from the first and second. Oh, yeah. That's what I mean. They got to unload some of that contract yeah. money. Mm-hmm. Fuck. On the back end, they got Riley, Shen, Brody, why, Hall, why McCabe, and Lilgren, but I don't think the back end's where they're working with. I mean, we could look at goaltending, too. Matt, Murray, and Joseph Wall. Who is the I first sh- one gone? Murray should just be fucking... He shouldn't even be there right now. Um, Shane Doan. They're not... They're not I don't think they're going to look at goaltending at all, both of them. They're going to look at... Oh, fuck. William Neeland is... To I like I, I like Neil end up maybe Tavares, yeah. You think Tavares? That was you going with Who, who's the other? So you got a uh, top two lines, all right. Yeah. That's what we'll look at: Yarncroc, Matthews, and Marner, Kerfoot, Tavares, and Nylander. <sighs> Marner's been really good. In my head, I'm just like maybe a little ship him. No, I'm gonna go Tavares. All right. <laughs> That's our post to post picks for this week, by the way. Um, I do think that the Toronto organization wants to ship Tavares. I think that his contract is too heavy for them to ship him. To ship. You're going to have to wind up with a Provorov situation where you're retaining 30%, which Somehow. doesn't help you. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what else you can do other than buy him out, mm-hmm. uh, which I think they could also and probably should also do. He's aging. I, I put him in the same group with like a Patrick Kane, like. He's performing, but like not enough to how much we're paying him. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I do like the pick of Tavares because if he can make something happen and get enough in return to make it worth it, I think he should. But I did say Marner, and I think what you said is like he is performing, so they probably won't want to move probably from him. But him, yep. if you think that he is performing, guess what? He is now a highly touted asset that, asset that you can get a lot for in return. For, yeah. You've seen what he can do in the playoffs, so like you move him to a team that's built physically, and now he can be the guy that is protected in the playoffs. Right. You know, and if you're looking for goaltending, I think he's going to be fucking gold to throw out there. Cast a catch a huge fishing net right there. Yeah, I I I think at the end of the day, it's really like. I think they are going to look to defense. You know, if they can bring in a big name defenseman yeah, yeah. and someone that'll back their guys up, like it just like it was embarrassing in the second round for these guys. Like Jesus oh my God, Christ, yeah. it looked bad. Hmm. So that's funny. Okay, Tavares and Marner. I, I like. I think Matthews is too much of a golden boy to be moved on from. There was talk about that, but the but more you I, think I mean, about you could it, like, no. I, I like. I, it sounds bad, but like he. He is like McDavid, Crosby, Ovechkin to this team, right? In yeah. quotes. Um, but like he was Kyle Dubas's guy in a way, right? So it's like we moved on from Dubas. So like, oh yeah, maybe we get rid of this yeah, guy maybe, too. Yeah. Get rid of the fucking weasel, you know? Pop goes the weasel. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll see. wait and see. I, I don't think they'll do it. I think he is going to be a franchise guy. Oh yeah, yeah. If oh, he wants to be, yeah, for sure. I don't think Matt. Yeah, I don't think Matthews is going anywhere. But uh, let's move on. Can you imagine just like breaking news, just like hey, we just moved off from Allison Matthews for like a Dude, first the bag round bag they would get in return, straight up Matthews for Bedard. No, she got, uh, no, no way. You don't think they Stop. would? Stop. Why? No, would I don't want to go would down they? this rabbit hole. You do. We, we yeah, I can see it on your face. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> we I can see that you want to go down this rabbit hole. Matt. We went down a rabbit hole with well, who's the team that I brought up? But just like what? What would Chicago take like uh, for Bedard? Like if a t- oh. And we're talking about trades. It's just yeah. like if like okay, yeah. So if like Toronto just like, hey, we'll give you fucking Austin Matthews. Yeah, Matthews for Bedard. I think that's a one for one, really. I'm asking you, dude. I'm putting it on your lap. What do you think? <sighs> we haven't seen we haven't seen oh man, that that's talking about betting. Just like it's a proven commodity for an unproven commodity. Yeah, right. What do you think? If you're the Chicago Blackhawks, do you do it? God, I would ask for something else too. On top, yeah. On top, yeah. yeah I think I sure. would too. I also think I wouldn't do it regardless. Like no matter how high the price point is, this is similar to the Peterborough Pete saying we're not getting rid of Bedard because when he gets drafted and he's in his Peterborough Pete's shit, mm. that's going to be always remembered that like he was a Peterborough Pete's Pete. guy. Yeah, you know. Right. So I, I think for them, it's this is the future of our organization. We're not going to mortgage the future for. I mean. Put Austin Matthews in the Blackhawks lineup. Are they going to the playoffs? Are they even winning in the first round? Right. No. No. You know, so it's not worth it. Yeah. It's interesting, though. It made me think for a second, dude. I'm like, ah. All right, let's move on here. We got some unfortunate news here, too, uh, for Czech hockey. Um, So the Czech Hockey Hall of Fame has closed its doors due to lack of funding. A video this week of Dominic Hasek picking up his old equipment that sat in the (coughs) Hall of Fame made its rounds around social media. According to reports, the Czech Hockey Hall of Fame apparently ran into financial troubles and is no longer uh, no longer have the means to keep the hall up in operation. Uh, there is speculation that a new Czech Hockey Hall of Fame will be built or the exhibits may be housed at the O2 Arena in Prague. However, nothing has been announced officially yet. A new building would likely take a few years to be completed. Uh, kind of sad news for, uh, for... I guess Hockey Hall of Fame just in general, for especially Czech. Um, I sent you the video this week. It was earlier this week of 
It's like, is that Dominic Hasek? And I'm like, the hell is he doing? And finally, some of the comments, because the post I saw really had, like, nothing. Finally, some of the comments was just like, yeah, that's going down. I had to go down a rabbit hole with that. They just like, fucking Jesus. Arizona Coyote, the Bills, they're just not paying them. Wild. Like, we're closed. We're closed now. What happens for, hey, like... Hey, I emailed him, Dominic Hasek, come get your shit. He's like, okay. <laughs> I guess I will. I guess. Uh, what happens to, like... Like, if you go to, like, the Hockey Hall of Fame in, like, Toronto, just, like, there's a bunch of old stuff from, like, guys who've now deceased. Like, what happens? Like, say if, if it's not going to happen, but say if, like, if they close down and they just, like, be like, hey, you need your gear back, the fuck happens? Is it given to, like, a family member? Like, is your grandfather's shit? Can you grab it, please? Here's a carriage. Here's and, a stop and shop carriage. Hey, did, just... you know, did you know the ducks at the park are free? You can literally take them. <laughs> <laughs> you just go there and take them. No one's going to say anything. They're free, dude. You can catch one. What do you mean, dude? It's a duck. <laughs> you don't think you could catch a duck? You call yourself an athlete playing <laughs> hockey and you can't catch a duck? I don't know, man. Ducks bite. No bueno. Yeah, you can sneak up behind them. Sneak behind. You're fucking real sneaky with it. <laughs> that's that's your. That's answer. the way my mind works. That's that's your yeah. answer to yeah. that. Okay. It's a it's a deep look inside the mind here. Right. You know. Right. That, that's that's Chris's answer to my question. So everyone, birds aren't real. Birds aren't real. I saw that as a bumper sticker today. <laughs> uh, not today, this week. And I'm like, what the fuck? All right, so whatever Chris said, think about that. I, I, I'm not even going to answer that question myself either. So It's not a question, dude. I'm it's just not... telling you. The ducks of the park are ducks, free. Ducks of the park are free. That's it. <laughs> just take them. Moving on. All right, so the Russian machine. Ovechkin has applied to patent the phrase, Russian machine never breaks. <clears throat> If approved, the saying cannot be used without his consent. Any money made off of the phrase will unofficially go directly to Vladimir Putin for the war in Ukraine, where the Russian machines always break. Why did you write this? (laughs) And and other news and different OV news, uh, Ovechkin's son, Sergei, now has his own official hockey card. You can now find him in the 2022-2023 Upper Deck Series 1 Hockey Packs as card number 191. We're going thought... to need more of that. That's cool. That's really That's fucking cool. cool. It was like uh, just like a little, little OV with his Ovechkin 8 like in the in the card. Uh, I'll put it up uh, for everyone watching. I thought that was really fucking cool to see. Uh, he became a fan favorite during the Hockey Hall, uh, hockey hall of Fame, the... Um, all star, the all star game with Ovi and him. I think it's always fun to see like the uh, hockey dads with like their sons and daughters like on the ice, and it's kind of fun to see. I think more so Sergey Ovechkin uh, is more of a blow up because they're just like, oh, this is the new generation coming up, buddy. You I, I you know it bothered me. Leg. Know what bothered me that I brought up to you before too? They call him Ovi Junior, and they don't even have the same name. <laughs> it's like Alex and Sergey. Like that's not a junior. I, I get yeah, why I they're get doing it, it but yeah. like it's not a junior. That yeah. kind of bothers me a little bit. Not gonna lie, <laughs> just the name Ovi, I guess Ovi Junior. Yeah, but whatever. So uh, I'm gonna see. That'd be cool to add to your card collection oh, yeah. too, if we could find that. All right, so uh, moving on. Uh, fans hate Jack Edwards. Jack Edwards was voted worst broadcaster in the league by fans. 15,000 fans voted. Uh, Seattle Kraken's announcer was ranked best overall. Um, are you with me on that? I feel like I saw this. I'm like, I hate Jack Edwards, but then there's, there's I, a I few think, others that I'm not a fan of either. I think I, I hate Homer fans in general. Yeah. So he just falls into that category into that for me category. where, like, and now you are broadcasting the game professionally and you're, like, clearly picking a side here yeah. on calls that, like, you totally shouldn't be. Like, yeah. that really wasn't that egregious, Jack. We don't really need to freak out and yell in the microphone, Jack. <laughs> what are we doing here? 
And then he like shits on plays too. Pat Maroon is like the most recent one. What's Just, what's Biden say? Come on, Jack. Come on, listen, Jack. Jack. Come on, Jack. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, Come on man. man. Um, but I, I just, I, I, I don't think he's like. He might be the worst. Yeah. Okay. All right. He might be the worst. <laughs> I can't name a worse one, so he might, he might be the worst. But I, I think Nesson should have moved on from him a while ago, thought, and that's nothing against him personally. It's just that's. I, I thought know, Leah Hextall, just for that one clip. The, the, the shootout, shootout where clip, she just does not care. I just She's like, like I want to go all home. I think if you say Leah Hextall and, like, that clip just goes off in my head immediately. I'm just like, ugh. But then, like, I think about that. I'm like, I'd rather that than fucking Jack Edwards. Would you, though? Like, no one's really announcing anything. It's like, yeah. would you rather have someone that's announcing very one-sided towards the home crowd or someone who's literally not announcing anything at all? Because, like, she didn't tell you what happened until, like, Ten seconds after it happened. At least I can listen to the game unaggravated. You wouldn't know what was going on. If it's a radio broadcast, you'd just sit oh, there and be like, what's going on? Right what the hell's going on? Are they one? Who? Who won? Yeah, I think they're they're probably bottom two. Uh, I do. I feel like Jack Edwards would be back next season anyways. There's a lot of Boston people here that fucking love Jack Edwards, and I just don't. I don't yeah, don't all the Homer it. fans all the Homer love him fans because, love him. yeah, you're yeah, absolutely right. Jack is right. That should have been a slash. That was a tripping. Oh, my God. He chipped his stick. Look at the paint. Oh, Look at the paint. God. He's going to have to go to pure hockey tomorrow. Oh, God. Why did he bite on Brad Marchand's stick like that? Yeah, he would. Like, Brad Marchand would do some scummy shit, and he'll, Jack would be there and be like, nope, wasn't Brad Marchand doing that? <laughs> I don't know. Moving on um, to the playoffs here, finally for our uh, last bit of uh, for the last bit of this podcast. Uh, so before we, I, I got a few notes here that I do want to talk about before we jump actually into everything. So game one fact of the NHL um, finals: since the NHL adopted the best of seven format, which was in 1939, the team that wins game one. Has won the cup seventy six percent of the time, which is sixty three out of eighty three. I like those odds. <laughs> I like those odds, man. Vegas, buddy. <laughs> All right, fun fact. Uh, this also fun fact: the Stanley Cup holds seventeen cans of beer in it, which I thought was pretty fucking interesting. That video, Sancho. I'm like, I said, I pause it. Actually, I didn't pause it. It kind of bothers me that it's one shy of an eighteen pack. Though. Yeah, it's like whoa. Maybe that's. Well, I didn't be think it was gonna. I, th- I didn't think it was even gonna make seventeen. To be honest, I was like maybe ten. I, yeah, I, I would have said twelve. Going. I thought twelve would have been the number. Yeah, I was like, whoa, holy yeah, shit! And it just big. kept going. So, just think about that when like a st- like a when you win the Stanley Cup and guys are just chugging out of that cup. You're just like, Jesus Christ! That's well, a- I don't think they're like drinking the whole cup. Yeah, but imagine that shotgun. That's not a shotgun. Wow. You can't stab the Stanley Cup. <laughs> You could you could you could bend it. You can you can fucking it. throw it on the floor if you're the fucking Colorado Avalanche. <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere else you could find beer though. Uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights, Larry Flint's Hustler Club, a strip club in Vegas, as well as many other locations such as Cleveland, Ohio, New York, San Francisco, Nashville, Shreveport, L.A., New Orleans, Illinois, and St. Louis. Not sponsored yet has come out and offered free lap dances for life in the if the Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup. Is that why they're up 2-1 in the series right now? Can you make, like, uh, it definitely was why they were up 2 nothing in the series, <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> the fire under their ass right now to get some free lap dances? I wonder if that's just for the Las Vegas uh, uh, area. Or if I, they get oh, tra- yeah, I would think so. I if, mean, you can't just fucking what if they get traded to New York show Rangers up in Illinois and be like, hey, hey I won <laughs> the cup. Up. <laughs> Do you know who I am? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it's Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows who I am. All right, so uh, just like last, actually, this is it's been going on for quite some time now. But we have another cup restriction for anyone who wants to know. The Stanley Cup will again not be allowed to be taken to Russia uh, due to ongoing war in Ukraine. Both Florida and Vegas's all-time series record in the Stanley Cup Finals is 0 and 1. This will be the first Stanley Cup for either team. I think I messed up with that stat. Yeah, I think they won in '96, right? It was the Panthers? Panthers, yep. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so what? There's only one. Barkov, no, not Barkov. Uh, there's only Barbashev. one uh, Barbashev, yep, and, uh, and Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky, yep. Those are the only one Russian per team in the Stanley Cup Finals. It's all but that's allowed. All that's allowed. It's all, it's all we allow. Uh, so we also have fighting off fans here. CBS Miami reporter Samantha Rivera had to strong arm a Vegas fan this week while trying to report on the game at T-Mobile Arena in Vegas. A Golden Knights fan tried to get in her shot. She immediately pushed him out of the way and kept on reporting. She later tweeted, listen, I don't give a damn what what team you're rooting for. Get the hell out of my face while I'm working and respect that I'm here to do my job. Oh, oh, oh that's oh, when you cut that oh, tweet off? Yeah. Because oh. she also tweeted, can't wait to get back with the classy fans in Florida. <laughs> Fucking, I don't care what team you root for. Oh, really? Oh, Doesn't really? seem like that. <laughs> don't worry. Listen, listen. If I want to get on TV and I've bodies. had eight beers at the Vegas Golden Knights nice game. Body. That are like I should be allowed to get on TV. Dollars a bid. I should by the be allowed way. to get on TV. Yeah, hell yeah! I paid primo for no, this. No, I'm all I'm all with her here. Like yeah, fuck that guy. No, you should yeah. not have done that. Yeah. You're a piece of shit. She did a great job I boxing out. I loved it. Yep, she should I be. I loved it. She should be in front of the net for Florida boxing out the fucking Golden Knights players helping out down yes. there. You know what I mean? Yes. Because fucking all for that. The Panthers guys just aren't getting it done. Toronto Maple Leafs. Hey, look at her. You know, you're looking for a defenseman that can get the job done. Toronto can, six. Hey, yeah, you're right. Oof. Give, give her a look. The PHF. Good man. Good girl. Good woman. Sorry. Ladies from Letterkenny. Unreal. Unreal. All right. So uh, we got a few more news, a few more bits of news here. You're going to love this next one. Uh, your boy Biz was chirped this week by Connor Bedard. He joined, Greg, uh, he joined Wayne Gretzky, Biz, and the crew this week. Out of respect, talks about the very successful careers that the panel had. And then there was Biz. I uh, gotta deflate those pumped up tires. Biz has at some point. I forget what Bettman said too. They had Bettman on, and he fucking dummied Biz as well. I forget what he really? said. <laughs> yeah, it was something like, oh, it was something about like how much money they made, and he's like, I think Bettman was basically like, you're done. Like, I, I forget. <laughs> oh, I'm fucking this up bad, but Bettman fucking sued him too. Nice. Bet, like. Biz goes on chicklets and fucking hates Batman. He's like, oh, oh yeah. fucking New Balance shoes showing up. <laughs> that was able to just like get a swing back at him. That was cool. Yeah, yeah, it was that. funny. It was just I fun. bet Biz was like fucking shaking in his fucking like, pants. So like, with him, yeah, line. right. Yeah. Like that dude controls everything, everything. about your job. Mm-hmm. It was cool to see Conor Bedard is like not even in the NHL yet, just hanging out with like. I think the he knew he could get away time. with it too. It's fucking hilarious. And then there's Biz. So it was just perfectly placed yeah. too. Uh, so moving on, we got the Panthers' new tradition here. The Panthers started a tradition where they give a shared dog bone that everyone bites, that everyone bites to the player who shows the most dog in them that game. Uh, it is COVID friendly, but uh, spray it with Lysol. Spray it with Lysol and all this shit, but it's actually pretty cool. Um, just throw it in there, just throw it in there. Maybe some, maybe we should do that. Maybe Mm-mm. get the get the dog. You and your men's league team should though. I think that's a great idea. Because we're the dogs. Yeah. yeah, right? Hell yeah. And you sent me a picture this week of a, a Viking beer hat. And I said, you don't need to buy me that even though it's only like fucking twelve ninety eight. But it would be a great 
for barely like beer league, you know, MVP giveaway in the locker room for a team like the Vikings. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. You have the greatest ideas. I should just email you shit. And Dude, be like, the you know. ducks at the park are free. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. That's gonna be the title of this episode. People yeah. be like, what does this mean? Yeah, like you gotta wait a little. Stanley bit. Cup Finals and the, the ducks at the park are free. free. <laughs> That's it. It's canon now. Uh, Matthew Kachuk is the PM machine. Uh, Kachuk had fourth most PIMS during the regular season with 123. Uh, Patrick Patrick Maroon was number one with 150. Pretty close. Uh, Kachuk seems to be racking him up with 36 PIMS so far in the Stanley Cup Finals. I think it went up actually a little bit this uh, tonight. I didn't, I didn't add that, but uh, crazy to see Matthew Kachuk there. Uh, PIM machine, he can still fucking get it done. Dude, that like, stat was before game three started. He had 36 PIMS in two games. That's wild. That's a lot. Yeah, That's a lot of PIMS. That's a lot of PIMS. Uh, and then we got the number one cop on the force is back. Uh, Sergey Bobrovsky had third highest save percentage in conference finals since the NHL went to a 16-team playoff. Number one was the 2000 was 2003 JS Jaguar with a .992 save percentage with the Ducks. Uh, number two was 2013 Tuka Rask with a .985. Uh, three is this year's Sergey Bobrovsky with a .971. Uh, fourth was Artis uh, Urbe with a .962 save percentage. And the fifth one is 2019 Tuka Rask with a .956. So Tuka and both of them and Sergey Bobrovsky uh, joining the club here. Uh, Sergey Bobrovsky, like, not even lying. Uh, I feel like every time he's talking about Bobrovsky, I mean, game one and game two was kind of just like a uh, kind of hurt. But it's it's you, you're not lying when you say, like, he's back in, like, his Vesna ways. Because he, again, like, just just tonight, game three, he, he got him. To overtime, he got him that win and that and that overtime there too. So, Bobby, what are you, you looking up? I am looking up. I'm the trying to free? figure out. Like, can you get can you get arrested if you steal a duck from the park? Is that what you're looking up? Right Every now? goalie on this list, yeah, lost in the Stanley Cup Finals, or lost in the yeah, yeah, yeah. It took a Rass loss. Did Jaguar win in 03? He might have. Rass lost both. Urbe, I believe, lost. Because I think that's supposed to be 03, maybe yeah, 02. Yeah, it was, uh, so it was 03. Um, yeah, I think maybe Jaguar might have won, but every other goalie has lost. Damn. We'll see. see you know, also, the Vegas Golden Knights have thrashed <clears throat> the goaltenders throughout the playoffs. I didn't put the stat in here, but they were all below, I want to say, 890 save percentage. Wow. Every goalie that the Golden Knights have gone up against, they turned into under an 890 save Holy percentage. Holy shit. Yeah. Hey, you, the Vegas Golden Knights guy. Let's fucking go, dude. You don't give a fuck about me. You know that? That's what I've realized <laughs> about this, okay? Okay? You, you don't, don't give a fuck me. about me. I, oh, well, I don't give a fuck about you? Yeah. How no. much money do you have on the Panthers? None. Yeah, None. exactly. I have money on this team right heart here. Heart over money, baby. I got all heart here. Oh, the coming God. back. The coming back, baby. What is there to like about this Florida Panthers team? Have I not said this since the beginning, since we did, did the podcast, where I'm an under, I'm an underdog kind of rooter? They're kind, they're kind of the underdogs, but like, what do you mean? They're pieces of shit. <laughs> what do you mean? Have you kind seen of how underdog? they play? They, they, they have Florida Panthers right now in the Stanley Cup Finals. If you want the 18th best team in the NHL to win the Stanley Cup, yes. Why? Because they're statistically eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs that, before it even started. That is why this is the John Scott of the playoffs. That is why this story would be absolutely fucking wild. It, like they don't deserve. They had no. They, they kind of do deserve it. They though. have no fucking reason 
at all to that, be in this. That part's true. Ron, th- Ron, they were the President's Trophy winners last year. There was no one, absolutely fuck all no one, when when the playoff brackets first started and the fans are putting in their, their picks for like round one, yeah. it was all Boston because why the I, hell? I think even like Florida Panthers, hardcore homers, didn't. no one had a bracket with Florida winning at all. No, no. They're like, why the hell would the Florida Panthers even win yeah. a single game against the Boston Bruins? And then knock what? out three of the top five teams in the league. Yeah. Not only that, they came down, they came up from being down three and one against the Boston Bruins and kicked them out. Oh, and guess what? They went on to round two. They beat the Toronto Maple Leafs, which is another one of the another greatest team in the league. Then they shut the fuck up, dude. They won one playoff round. You just trying to piss me off. You know that? And then they beat. You the, don't care about and then, me. And then they go on to round three, where they almost pretty much swept the. No, they swept the fucking Carolina Hurricanes. Another another one another of the team best that doesn't show up in the, in the conference league. finals it's like jesus christ like this is this, again all right listen 17th listen seed, listen 17th seed team for some reason going through the top one of the top five teams in the league Look, right now they beat the best team in nhl history in the regular season yes yep. i don't think that team well i shouldn't say that all right they beat that i'll yeah. give you that okay they Toronto? beat a team that had never won a playoff round in the past fucking five ten years that hadn't won a playoff round and Fucking 30 years. Fuck, cost me fucking five grand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Beetlejuice clip. Beetlejuice. <laughs> and then they beat the Carolina Hurricanes, who haven't won a conference final game since fucking I don't know when. Yeah. But they could have. <coughs> frauds. I will say now. F-R-A-U-D-S. Frauds. I will say now the Florida does seem to be uh, finding out that. They barely squeaked out a win. Don't even bring it up. I don't even want to hear what you have to say. What was I, I, it? I'm just saying, like, I, I think the Florida Panthers are finally seeing their uh, kryptonite here with the Vegas Golden Knights. Yes, yeah. I think uh, Florida, I think the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't think they know how to beat them yet. I think they yeah. squeaked out a win tonight, but they, like, they don't they're really know what they're doing. Stuck. They don't have any fucking discipline to stay out of the penalty box. They want to get under their skin so bad, but Vegas is just like, I don't play that shit. I right. put the puck in the net. Yeah, that's it. And that's just like, especially coming in, like I feel like Vegas just like comes in on the offensive, like almost like untouched. And like the plays they can make is <clears throat> kind of unreal. Like I don't know what the hell the bat checking or defense has been like for the Florida Panthers, but I feel like there's always like a perfect pass in the fucking slot for some reason yeah. for a Vegas to a Vegas player. They, they don't like, turn the puck over either, Vegas. No. I, I don't know. Who Florida's two-way forward is like? I don't know if they have that. They don't have like a Bergeron. I think Eichel has adapted that game yeah. mindset, and he's been yeah. very good as like the first forward back and like yeah. back checking. You know, like putting the pressure on. Yeah. Like, I don't know if Florida has that. No. And then the amount of times I've seen guys go down the cu- tunnel and come back in general, Gudis, Kachuk, Montour, like yeah. these guys are getting hurt but playing through it. So sure. like they are grinding them down. Oh yeah, it's nuts. It's qu- it's just. Yeah, it's fucking crazy to see. And uh, Vegas in five. Florida Panthers in seven. Seven, dude. Seven. If it's this fucking seven. goes seven, I'm going to be bullshit. It's going seven. If it goes seven, I think the game seven is on the following Monday. Yeah. So if we do that, listeners, you probably won't get an episode next week, but you will get one maybe midweek, the week after is what I'll yeah. say. Yeah. Um, but if it ends up going six, me and you will. How about we show up Friday, anyways? Yeah. We'll hang out and watch game six, maybe upstairs. Yeah. And then if it ends, we'll come down and record. If it goes six, obviously, because it's probably not, but it'll go five and Vegas will win. <coughs> uh, okay. But if it goes six, we'll watch the game upstairs and then we'll come down and record. And, and if Vegas wins, we'll, we'll record. If not, we'll just fucking 
do it next week. Yeah. After game seven. So yeah. that's when, the, that's when, the plan. When the Florida Panthers win, right? Unreal. Unreal. If it goes seven, they might win. Bobrovsky showed up tonight. Bobrovsky yeah. did not show up the past two games. No, it, no, it also hurts the uh, Florida Panthers too because we were just talking about Matthew Kachuk and the Pims. Is that Racco Gudis, Matthew Kachuk, uh, was it Lundell? They're just like, what the fuck are all these fights and scrums for? Like you, you're having a hard time against them. Why are you putting yourselves in the penalty box? And it wasn't even like in game one and two. It wasn't even like. Let's do this because it's, like, smart. Let's get in the mix. It was like, Kachuk's going to waltz over and punch a guy in the face while right. the ref's watching him when he wasn't <laughs> even involved in the play and then look at him with his palms up, like, why are you calling me? Yeah, yeah, right. Another, I don't know. Another Just Brad dumb ideas. back in the day. But. All right, you ready to do the shot? I'm ready. I am not. We got Jameson tonight. I'm probably going to throw up. I love JMO, Betty. Love it. But, uh, again, I'm wearing red for the uh, Florida Panthers. Because they're going to fucking take it. Cheers, pal. Cheers. <sighs> yeah, buddy. Oh, not straight, man. It burns so much, dude, every time. Really? It's like not like here. It's like fucking here. Interesting. We said you're gonna. Oh, get it. It's the mix of the premiere and that. Uh, you said it. It's gonna. You're gonna be hung over from this. No way. No fucking way. You had like four premieres though. Maybe that. <laughs> yeah. No. Like. Yeah. Four premieres and then one of these. Yeah. Oh, like this won't hit me until I'm like fast asleep an hour into my dreams and I just have <laughs> lucid dreams. I have Eric Andre in my bedroom. Nightmare. 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 <laughs> Was that the one? I get you... to see the Hat Man. Was it? The... Heard about that one. No. Do you take too much NyQuil? You see the hat, man. <laughs> <laughs> see that? You see the one I sent you? Uh, or maybe you sent me. It was Eric Andre who signed him out. Was it Johnny Knoxville or uh, Steve-O? Where... Oh, the taser? Yeah, the taser. It's Johnny Knoxville just unfazed by the taser. Oh, Johnny Knoxville, yeah. yeah. He, he brought a taser to fuck with Eric Andre, and it... What a drop. And so Eric Andre picked it up and decided to fucking taser shit out of Johnny Johnny's Nashville. didn't move. And he just like, just unfazed. I'm like, dude, you are fucked. <laughs> like, the, I, I think like compared to the pain, uh, the, what's the word I'm talking about? Like, threshold. Uh, the pain threshold between, uh, Johnny Knoxville, like an NHL player, must be fucking like this. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've seen jackass dudes like, Go on the ice, almost ass naked, and just like take slap shots, like fucking oh, yeah. bare skin. So just like, yeah, yeah, these guys, yeah, these guys have to take it. If anyone wants some new TV to watch, me and Matt have been watching. I think you should leave on Netflix. <laughs> They're on season three. Great sketch comedy, very not appropriate, but like, no, they don't like. It's Tim Robinson. He's the guy, and he takes basically like SNL sketches that didn't make the air and, and uses that. But he also has like, I don't want to disparage them, but like shit actors. Yeah, <laughs> like just some random like. Instead of, like, I feel like actors in shows are usually, like, young, like, it sounds yeah. bad, but, like, you know, young and, like, they've been doing it for a while kind of thing. These just seem, like, <laughs> random, like, not old people, but, like, I don't know, 40s is probably the youngest other actor on the show yeah. and up. And it, it's just, like, it's fucking hilarious. It's a great show. Sometimes they'll have special guests on there. Like, we just saw one with um, Bob Odenkirk on there, but. Andy Samberg was on one, too, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I will say though, like when they when a sketch hits, it fucking hits, and, and when some it of them doesn't, are just like, it can just this end? It is yeah, shit. 
They go for a while too. Yeah. It's like, can this end? And this some is, of them are like done. pretty funny, but like it's kind of like why does kids you know at that point where yeah. it's like they don't know how to end it, so yeah. it just ends brutally. Yeah. But there's a few that like I could probably at this point now just send you a photo. It doesn't even need to be the, a the memes that people are making. They're so good, oh, and so it's fun. like this is another one of those Netflix shows that I feel like there's a market out there where Netflix is paying people to create memes of their shows yeah. to get people to watch them. And it's the, the Tiger King, is that what that was called? Tiger, whatever the Tiger yeah, show yeah. was during COVID. Yeah. That was big. Everyone was like, me, 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 me. I was like, I'm not fucking watching this. Like, I understand this gimmick. Yeah. But when I saw him and he was like, I didn't do fucking shit. <laughs> I was like, I got to find out what the fuck this is about because that's hilarious. It may, yeah, mainly because, yeah, exactly. The fucking the meme got me into it. Like, the meme sucked me in this time. But last time I was like, no, no, no. You're not getting me with this one. It is funny how, like, it's not overdone quite yet because you, I've seen it about a thousand times, but they're all, like, in different scenarios. Yeah. And every time it's just so fucking funny. We started about the Coors Light one where he's like, I didn't do fucking shit. The Jamie Ben one. Yeah. When yep. he comes back from, in, uh, from Jamie, being Jamie Ben, if he had to answer to the media the night that he fucking, uh, who did he kill? He landed on their head. Oh, yeah. What this? It was uh, Stone, wasn't it? Maybe it was Stone. His landing point was what he said in the media. Yeah. But like the night before, they were like, oh, if Jamie Ben had to answer the media the night before, and it's like, <laughs> I didn't that do meme. fucking shit. I didn't do any of this. All right. You ready to call it out? All right. I'm ready to call it out. You want to do it? You want me to do it? So why'd you clap? I was seeing what you want to do. You want to do it? You want me to do it? You do it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If there's anything you want to see us cover next episode, let us know. Our links are in the description. The ducks in the park are free, and we'll see you all next week. <laughs> Bye, guys. Peace. <laughs>